What's up, everybody? You are listening to Overtime Takes live on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse, here in Arkadelphia. I'm your host, Jonathan Smith, and today I've got the great Logan Moose with me. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, John. Uh, happy to be on. Um, my mom always told me I had a face for radio, so I'm happy to do it. <laughs> That's my dad's go-to joke whenever he tells people <laughs> what I want to do, so I'm totally there. So, big night last night. Heat clinched the, the Eastern Conference Finals to play the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Kind of give me your initial reaction to it. Are, are, I don't know. Are, are you much of a, a basketball guy? So basketball is my favorite sport. I have not. It's just been so weird with uh, the pandemic and how the schedule has changed. I'd, usually I'd be absolutely locked in, but it's just been kind of hard to, to follow. But um, it was it was really interesting to see a team like the Miami Heat who nobody really beginning of the playoffs I mean nobody wanted to play him but also nobody had him in the finals yep so it'll be really interesting to see uh, them versus the greatest player of all time in the in the Los Angeles LeBrons okay yeah the Los Angeles LeBrons I like it so I think it's going to be a good series I'm really excited for it I think that really I think it's like this with every Lakers series I think the thing that people really look for is who's going to guard AD and who, who, who they're going to put on LeBron I think the Heat actually have a solid rotation of guys that they can do that with. I think Adebayo, probably the best matchup for Anthony Davis in the league just because he's, you know, he's, what, 6'10", long, very athletic. And then they've got a few guys I think they can rotate on LeBron. Now, obviously, you're not going to stop these guys, but I think the Heat do have plenty of guys to to throw at LeBron and Jimmy Butler. I think Jay Crowder you can put on him for a few minute stretches and then maybe Iggy for a little bit. He's older. So for him, it's obviously going to be more in four or five minute stretches. Whereas, I think Jimmy Butler could give LeBron some problems. I don't know if I would go with Jimmy Butler, but I mean, we saw in the the Buck series how Bam was able to frustrate Giannis, who is, I mean, right now in the NBA, there are, there are a few guys who are his on his level. So um, seeing how well Bam was able to to defend him and frustrate him, I I, I do think he can slow down AD, but. I mean, if he's guarding AD, who's guarding LeBron? I know you think Jimmy Butler, but... I, mean, I just I'm think just, he's their best bet. And I'll tell you what, Jimmy Butler, that man would that man would sell his firstborn child to, to win a ping-pong game. So, I mean, <laughs> he is, he's as competitive as they come, but I just don't know that he's going to be able to keep up with LeBron. I mean, the, the size difference is there. Uh, proud Marquette alum. I really appreciate that about Jimmy Butler. That's where my mom went to school, but I just, I just don't know that he can hang with LeBron. I just don't know who else you really throw at him, though. I mean, I would say Iggy, because that's who's guarding him, it feels like, the past several finals. Mm-hmm. But he's he's 36, and he's not like LeBron, where he's still going strong at 36. Right. So I just don't know who else you'd really put on him. It's a compelling compelling point, and I think, I think that's where Eric Spolstra is going to have to get really creative. Does he does he play around with some zone zone looks? I think he does. He loves that zone, and that zone's tough. Gonna, he's going to have to, I think. And I think the, the heat... Especially having to hide Hero and Duncan Robinson, who are you know not as quality defenders, you know using that zone to do so, it's going to be a really. I mean, I I feel obviously Spolster is a guy that makes the big bucks, and he's not listening to us for for his takes. But I, I really do think he <laughs> he needs to to use that zone if he has any hope of of slowing down the Lakers. Yeah, especially since, I mean, the Lakers shot thirty six percent from three on the season, so they're not a great three point shooting team. But at the same time, like you know. AD's an average three-point shooter. I think LeBron's average. You know, Danny Green hadn't looked great from three at all. So I just, in terms of guys, you know, like Duncan Robinson and guys who are just three-point specialists, so to speak, Lakers don't really have many guys like that. 
if they have any guys like that, like I wouldn't put anybody in that c- category. I, uh, Danny Green would, I think, is probably the closest they have, and like you said, he's he hasn't looked great. So I, I definitely think that it's going to be a lot of zone, just because it's going to force them hopefully to shoot more from the outside. But at the same time, you know, LeBron can pass really well. When they got Rondo on the floor, he passes the ball well. AD I think is an underrated passer, and so when they get the ball in the middle, I mean. With how many guys they have who can pass very well, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really good series. One of the I I saw a really interesting stat actually when I was I was, I was researching. I was prepping for your show. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but I saw a really interesting stat. I think it was the Lakers had 44 average 44 points a game inside the restricted area this season, which is most in the league, and it was the most in the league by like almost 10 points. I think. Yeah. So to definitely limit that and then I think the key is going to be the Heat's efficiency on the offensive end if they can keep the Lakers from breaking out in transition I mean, Lakers the best transition basketball team in the that that is their offense I feel like, like that's Absolutely. yeah and I mean you're not stopping LeBron in the open floor you're not stopping AD in the open floor I mean Kuzma can run Rondo can run I mean those guys can can stretch the floor um, and if, if the Heat are able to convert on the offensive end get back actually set up that zone defense I think that's where we see the Lakers run into trouble but I mean the Lakers can play defense too they can they're really good defensively that's the one thing I haven't really figured out too too much because I feel like we kind of know what Miami's going to do defensively Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how the Lakers rotate guys in like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard and those guys because I think if I'm Miami part of me would be tempted to play kind of small like Mm -hmm. go probably bam at the five for a lot of the time and not play Olenek with Bam, but I feel like they may have to if, you know, the, the Lakers are running out, you know, McGee and AD or, you know, Dwight Howard and AD because they, they just have so much size. I think it's, that's part of the reason why they're so good defensively because they've got, you know, not one guy who, who, who can protect the rim but two, right. which is just a weird dynamic, in, especially in, like, today's NBA where it's four guards and a six eight center. It does help when you can put at point guard six nine, two hundred fifty 250 pounds and LeBron James. You know, that does, does – boost your size uh, size appeal a little bit but that's a really great point uh, I'll be really interested to see how that matchup works out and do do the Heat just commit to that small lineup and hope hope that they can outshoot the Lakers yeah, I think part of I, I feel like that's their best bet because they got and the thing that makes the Heat so interesting is like like you know like if you're playing the Lakers you're keen on LeBron and AD whereas the Heat night to night it changes right because mm-hmm. they've got so many guys they're very well balanced which we haven't seen a team like this in the finals since. You know, I had my buddy Colton last week, and he was like, probably since like the Pistons in 04, you know, when their best player was like Chauncey Billups, but they had last several the guys. Past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben Wallace on that team, the hair. Mm-hmm. Love that hair, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I aspired to that when I was in high school. Um, no, that's a really great point. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, what, last night Bam had 35, was it? 36? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, apart from Jimmy Butler, you really don't know who that kind of number two option is going to be every night, and that's that makes it really tough. Uh, I mean, it's just, I, I, I just keep going back in my mind, though, to, to game four of the Nuggets-Lakers series when LeBron, those last five minutes, just said, I got Jamal Murray. Yeah. And Jamal Murray, you know, in these playoffs has maybe been the best just pure scorer in the yeah, league. Fair, fair point. Shut him down. Which is just ridiculous at age thirty five. Age thirty five, year seventeen. Yeah. It's it's insane. Up. Second month of, uh in the bubble. Just says I, I got Jamal. <laughs> Which is just down. not fair at all. <laughs> no, I mean if you're Jamal Murray, like what are you what do you gotta be thinking there? It's like I got this thirty five year old dude on me and I'm a bucket. I'm and then it's just yeah, like it's 
it's amazing to me because you know guys stop playing defense at like year twelve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know they're they're playing like ten minutes off the bench for some t- title contender just tr- trying to grab another ring in year you know thirteen and fourteen. And here's LeBron is a you know year seventeen b- best player in the world. I hate saying that, but because I'm I'm not not I'm not a LeBron guy. So we got about a minute and a half left. Who who do you have winning the series, and who do you have as your your MVP? I mean, it's the Lakers, and whether LeBron deserves the MVP or not, he's going to get the MVP. I mean, that's just yeah. how these things go. But I mean, Lakers. I want to give the Heat two games, but I just really don't know. Maybe five. Really, you don't think it's close? I don't think it's close. Okay, so what do you got? Don't, so I've, don't dip out before you put your prediction. Oh, out. I'm not. We we got a whole minute. Uh-huh. So if if you if you've been listening, then you know I've been very adamant that I do not think that the Lakers are the best team in the NBA. I just looking at their team, I was sold on the Clippers, and then the Clippers they failed you. They didn't show up. They it was really frustrating. And so I've just kind of had this thing where I just refuse to pick the Lakers. <laughs> so I've I've got the Heat in six because I do know that if it goes seven, then you know. LeBron game you seven know. is going to be you, you know, know game seven LeBron, and I, the Heat we don't want to see that in Miami. No. I'm going to say we, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, give me uh, Jimmy Butler for the MVP. Really? Yeah, I just think that you know he he's their guy with the you know three minutes left. Picking with your heart, I like it. I three like minutes it. left, they're, they're going to give him the ball. So I like it. Picking with your heart, like I said, proud proud Marquette alum. Yeah. I know my mom's gonna be rooting for the Heat in the one game that she watches. <laughs> yeah, I just I, lo- I love Jimmy Butler, but here we got to take a short break. This is overtime takes on KSWH LP one two point five FM, The Pulse. We're back on KSWH LP one two point five FM, The Pulse here in Arkadelphia. Great segment on the NBA. I thought I, 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 I thought, thought it was good. I thought we were compelling. Yeah, I thought we were too. So now we're moving into college football and. Rough, very rough f- football weekend for my guy Moose over here. <laughs> it was uh, it was not my favorite weekend. After after as good a season as I had last year as a fan, I think I probably deserved it. Yeah, w- well, I would say, you know, welcome to being like an Arkansas fan, <laughs> but I don't think you guys are going to be that bad. So Mississippi State upsets LSU. We'll just right go ahead. It. I'm just, Rip I'm the just gonna, Band-Aid off. I'm going to let you go first, man. Kind of give me your impressions being, you know, an LSU fan and everything. Just kind of give me your, your impressions on the game. Yeah, um, man, I got to take a moment to collect myself, try to try <laughs> to avoid tears on air here. But I really, really hope we were talking about this a little before we went on air. I really, really hope that it's it's more that Mississippi State is just going to be really, really good than LSU is not going to be good. I mean, we look at how much the Tigers lost from last year. I mean, 15 draft picks, I think 17 guys signed to the NFL. Um, Derek Stingley's out because he's sick. A couple more opt outs. Jamar Chase. I hate Jamar that he Chase. opted out. See, I, as a fan, I would love to watch him, but as a guy who's cheering for him to get the best for him, it was the right move. Yeah. Uh, I mean, stay healthy, go be top five pick. I mean, you're that good. Don't get hurt um, in, a, in a weird season like this. But all that aside, just seeing the defense give up over six, DBU giving up over 600 yards oh. passing, SEC record. I know. With a new coach and a new QB, it just wait until they play like Vanderbilt oh, <laughs> or don't. somebody like that, or man, Arkansas on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope for my sanity that Arkansas gives up 700 of them. I, I don't know that I can handle living in Arkansas, being an LSU fan, and yeah, having that. Uh, 
but I mean, Bo Pelini being a new defensive coordinator, making two point three million dollars a year, yeah. and your first outing is that after Coach O giving you all the love that he did all season, and then also, I mean, the the game was already decided. I think LSU deserved to lose. Mississippi State came to play; they were better. But what's up with my man Coach O not kicking the field goal in the last minute of the game? There, I know making two two shots at the end zone in the last fifteen seconds. Cade uh, York, LSU's kicker, guy's got a leg, kicked a I think forty-five plus yard yeah. field goal with ease earlier in the game. Like, take the points. You're down two possessions. I know onside kicks are by no means guaranteed, but at least you got a shot. Exactly. You know, at least you, you got a shot, and taking a shot into the end zone at the end as time's expiring, two possessions. Like, there's no there, point. You know, yeah. There's no there's no four point play in in the book after mm-hmm. after zero. So it was a rough one, but I think I mean. To, to think that they were going to do the same thing that they did last year. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like people were expecting the same thing. You going in, I knew it wouldn't be the same thing, especially since you know the the two the offensive coordinator left, and so did the the DC. And you know, I just, here's my thing on Coach O. Like I love Coach O. I think Sam Pittman's going to be very similar. You know, guy who just players love him, and he's a good coach, but he's not. Nick Saban, where he's like a specialist anywhere, which mm-hmm. I think it's an advantage to have a guy like Nick Saban, who's who's a, who's a specialist defensively, and a guy like Lincoln Riley, who's just great offensively. Because you know, who, no matter who your offensive coordinator is, you have Riley, like you're going to put up points. Mm-hmm. No matter who your DC is with Saban, like you're going to get stops. And that's kind of always been my thing on Coach O. Like I think he's a good coach, not a great one. And I think that as he kind of runs through different coordinators and stuff, I think that's that's something where I think we're going to see a lot of. I think that's it's a very compelling argument. I mean, the CEO coach works out great when you have a Joe Brady calling your passing game, when exactly. You have a Dave Aranda calling your defense, and I mean, was LSU exposed with you know Scott Linehan's new passing game coordinator? Uh, he and Steve Ensman. I mean, they were good. Miles Brennan. There's going to be some growing pains. I mean, Joe Burrow, fifth year guy, won the Heisman, number one overall pick, like. Miles Brennan's not going to be that in, in day one. He didn't look bad, though. No, I think at times he, he definitely looked uncomfortable in the pocket. But also, I mean, when was the last time he's played yeah. game speed? And also with Especially without spring practices, without... Without playing the the Citadel week one. Exactly. That's <laughs> No, that's a phenomenal point, too. I mean, you got to jump straight into the SEC schedule. So that's, that's a phenomenal point. Um, so I think coaching was exposed a little bit. I mean... We'll see. I mean, those guys are those guys are well compensated, so they're they are they're not. They'll not figure it out ones. though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Especially, it is a weird year with you know limited time on spring training, and the, it's just a weird year. So, I don't think it's a surprise that we saw a, some upsets in week one. A lot of penalties in week one, and I think that's directly related to the lack of spring practice and everything. But the other upset, I don't know if this makes you feel better or not, but <laughs> Kansas State beat Oklahoma, which I, I which is awesome. Uh, second straight year. Second straight year yeah. they beat a top five Oklahoma team, which is crazy. They won at Oklahoma too, which makes it even better. I it's it does, and I think I mean we'll talk about this a little more when we get to the NFL. But I think the the minimal fans takes some of that out of the equation, some of that home field advantage. Um, but yeah, to go into Norman and which second year in a row, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not mad about it. I was we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, I think, but I mean, Spencer Rattler, three interceptions. I like him, though. He's really talented. You can tell he's got arm talent, and I think part of it was just him being young. You know, mm-hmm. I was watching I was watching something else kind of the first half and just kind of keeping track, and then I think the fourth quarter I flipped over mm-hmm. and was going crazy. So I think he just – I think his youth showed at the end. You could tell him not sliding protection, 
him just not having a real, I guess, commanding presence in the pocket that, mm-hmm. you know, a fifth-year senior like Joe Burrow would have had or just, you know, a junior even, a guy who had played for a year. I think that was really kind of exposed. Mm-hmm. He looked kind of, I guess, kind of lost at times. You know, you know the, the three picks, you know, it's just him forcing stuff downfield. And that's, I think it's just him being young. But I think in terms of just being talented, like oh, he's a he's real talent. got an absolute rocket launcher attached to his shoulder. Uh, I th- I th- that's a really I- – I like that point. I think a lot of times people lose track of with the, the older QBs is just command of the offense. Um, you have a guy like Spencer Rattler. It's his first year as the starter. I mean, yes, he was in the offense last year, but wasn't yeah. he wasn't running the show. Jalen Hurts was the clear the clear-cut QB. And so, I mean, how much experience does he have making those adjustments at the line of scrimmage? How much experience does he have sliding the protection, moving the running back over when he needs to, calling for what – hot route and win so I mean that those are are real things that you don't really get and then like you said earlier I mean he, he didn't get to play the Citadel he didn't get to play Eastern Oklahoma State you know yeah. he, he didn't get those games where you can kind of work out those kinks before you got to go perform against Big 12 competition yeah. and that was one of the things that I really liked about Arkansas was Felipe Franks there were a few possessions where we'd come out in this in, in a formation and he'd be like dragging the tight end across because he's lined up on the wrong side and that's just being a fifth year senior mm-hmm. you know and just kind of knowing how everything works then again you know he threw I think two interceptions <laughs> but playing Georgia it's all right it happens athletes all around the field some sometimes better athletes win yeah they do it's especially in a COVID year you know where oh, yeah. I think like recruiting this year is going to be more prominent than ever just because depth is going to be a big deal you know that's that's the thing about Georgia's defense you know that they were talking about you know they've got you know, four and five stars at like, like behind four and five stars, right? That's why, and I mean, it's why they're ranked top five yeah. every year. And I mean, I think that's just going to be so prominent this year because you know guys are going to get sick and guys aren't guys aren't going to be able to play. It's going to be this next man up kind of thing. And teams like Georgia and Texas A and M and teams like that are really going to, I think they're going to not benefit, but they're going to be, be better prepared for for these scenarios. Absolutely, because I mean, yeah, you, you look at it if. If Arkansas loses a couple guys, oh. not quite the same as if Georgia does. Exactly. And yeah. To that point, I think what Virginia Tech I think had like twenty five guys out. Something COVID. like that. It was absurd. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, when when you lose that many, <laughs> it's gonna happen. You yeah. Know, it's inevitable that you're gonna lose some key position guys, and like you said, next man up. Yeah. So what team really kind of popped for you? Like team that you were like, wow, they're gonna be a lot better than what I thought. Uh. Going back to what we first talked about, Mississippi State, and I'll, I'll be completely honest, there's some bias in this. I'm, I'm hoping that Mississippi State's just good. I'm just glad that you're admitting it because most people wouldn't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'll be the first to admit I'm hoping Mississippi State's good because then I'll feel a little bit better about what I watched on Saturday. But I was really impressed. Mike Leach, new coach with a completely different offensive scheme than what they had. Yeah. I mean, the air raid, all the different off, you know, formation variations – plays choice routes everything that they threw at these guys with no practices in the spring yeah a limited training camp a new qb in kj costello who who looks really good as much as it hurts to say he looked really really good um and looked really in sync with the wide receivers granted it's not hard to hit guys when they're you know running in the open field by 10 yards in every direction but i mean 600 plus yards speaks oh yeah especially against you know a a good defense in LSU. So, for me, it's Florida. Yeah. Florida looked so good. And they were my pick to win the East coming in just because I knew their offense was going to be 
what we saw. Was, what see like six total TDs? Was that what I saw? Six touchdowns. Um, tight end. Their tight end Kyle Pitts had oh, four of them. Pitts is so good. Pitts he's so good. fast. He he doesn't look like a tight end. He no. looks like a no. receiver Absolutely. playing tight end. Absolutely. You know, and Agreed. he's six six, which is nice. I wish I was six six. I want, I want cool. SEC fans to to watch Pitts this year because that's going to be Eric Gilbert in a couple years. LSU. You think so? Well, maybe better. Okay. Wow. That's okay. That's bold a good prediction. Take. Bold yeah, prediction. it's a bold prediction. I also think, you know, Dan Mullen's one of the best coaches in the countries that we don't talk about. You so know, creative. He took he took Mississippi State, which no disrespect to Mississippi State. Recruiting grounds aren't nearly as rich as they are in Florida, and he took Mississippi State to be the number one team in the country. Beat Bama. He's helped a little bit by Dak. Yeah. Well, he. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. But still, like, <laughs> and now he's got a guy like Kyle Trask at Florida no, who's who who's really good. Never started a game in high school. Yeah, which is bizarre. But I just, I, they looked really good. The defense, you know, they gave up 35, but when you score 51, the other team's getting yeah, so, so many matter. possessions. <laughs> that's, yeah, and so, I mean, they looked really good. So what about a team that didn't meet your, your expectations? I'll, 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 I'll venture out of the SEC. Okay. The, the easy answer is LSU. Okay. The easy answer is LSU for yeah. me. Uh, but I'll go OU. I mean, yeah. they lost to K-State last year, so you can't – there's no uh, – that we were just sleeping on them. You lost to them last year, and you were also a top-five team then. So you you know what they're, they're going to bring. Yeah. You're at home. I mean, everybody's talking big about Spencer Rattler, and he goes out, throws three interceptions. You put up 35 on – I mean, it's not like they're a terrible defense, but, I mean, that's a team that you should be putting 50 on. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I was a little disappointed in what I saw out of OU. But, like we've – I mean, we, this year you can make so many excuses for every team. It's just such a weird year. It is. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, when you have a coach like Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. and – you're talking about teams that goes four and five stars deep, especially on the offensive side absolutely, of the ball. Absolutely, th- they should they should score more than thirty five and not give up thirty eight to a power eye running team. That and like, you know, watching you know the fourth quarter, they're talking about how like depleted Kansas State secondary was with injuries, and I'm just like, like how is this dude? Like how are the? And I think part of it was you know they played a lot of we'll give you you know these these crossing routes underneath. We're just not going to let you beat us over the top, and you saw. Rattler just being young, trying to force the ball down the field. That's where his mistakes were. So yeah, I, I agree with the Oklahoma thing. I, they'll be fine though. I'm not worried about it. I agree. I just I was very struck by them losing. I was too. I was so. It made me so. Ha- it, it made my whole day. <laughs> it made me so happy. So I think the team that didn't meet my expectations was Texas A&M because mm-hmm. you know if you watch recruiting stuff, they've got like a top five class ever since you know Jimbo Fisher showed up. And this is kind of like the year where you're kind of like Texas A&M should like compete for the West. I don't think they'll I don't think they'll win it, but they should you know compete with LSU and Alabama and teams like that. And then they go out and they beat Vanderbilt seventeen to twelve and turn the ball over three times, F- fumbled a total of five times, which is Kellen Mond threw the ball twenty eight times and only threw for one hundred eighty nine yards and a touchdown. Like Vanderbilt, I think is better than we give them credit for, especially their coach. I can't remember his name, but <laughs> great, great defensive mind. That's one of the things that you know he's. I still can't believe he's at Vanderbilt. Honestly, what's the, what's the old NCAA coach Vanderbilt coach? That's that's his name. Just Coach Vanderbilt <laughs> coach. <laughs> Sounds yeah okay. And I just I don't. Kellen Mond's a starting quarterback. I'm not a Kellen Mond guy. I think he's he's good, but not great. I'm sure Texas A&M has got some four or five star freshman or sophomore who could 
probably step in and I think play just as well, maybe better. But with COVID and everything, maybe they're behind on learning the offense. So I understand playing Kellen Mond, but I don't know. I just I wish they had a better quarterback because I think that they'd really be able to to make some noise. I think looking at it, I mean, bringing up Jimbo Fisher, it's a great point. I mean, he's this is his second year there. Mm-hmm. He's starting to get some of his own guys. It's time to this is this is your three or your three. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, so yeah, he's, I, was, I was being nicer to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. he's it's time. It's time, right? I mean, like you got your old guys, your systems in place. Like it's time to go and. and the average for new coaches to win a national championship is year three. So like, like, <laughs> like this is it. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that that's necessarily the fair standard because we're looking at the SEC West. I mean, they oh yeah, at the totally start agree. Year, but like, you should go three top ten teams. If if they go like, I think seven and three would be the worst that they could go, and we'd be like, okay, you know, and you lose mm-hmm. to Auburn, LSU, and Alabama. I think people would be like, yeah, that's fine. I think people outside of College Station. Maybe yeah, but, but uh, <laughs> they, they they maybe have a little bit higher standard for old Jimbo, but yeah, that's a great point. And it, it, it I'll tell you what, it can all be forgiven on Saturday if they who if they, they take down Alabama. Oh yeah, you're right, it can be. Yeah, and you know Jimbo Fisher would be the first assistant coach to beat Nick Saban, which is still a crazy really? stat. Nick Saban's never wow. lost to an assistant coach. That is wild. I had no idea. And I, I think it may happen this year. They're playing Georgia too. And, Jay and Smith hit me with the yeah. the knowledge bomb, there. which is yeah. just which is just a crazy stat. That is like. that is bananas. I had no idea. I you would think because I mean with as good a coach as he's been, and as many assistants that he's had go take head jobs just by sheer volume. Well, yeah, he's got to play Lane this year too over down. He in, does, which they'll they'll beat them. Oh, I don't know. But Those powder blues are tough, man. <laughs> they are. You're right. All right, that's, that's that's my maybe my new number one team, just Ole Miss, because they trotted out those jerseys. Mm-hmm. Most impressed. Moving on to to the to our NFL segment. Be honest, man. The first two segments have been money. Just simple as that. <laughs> I'm having I'm having probably more fun than I've ever had talking into a microphone. <laughs> that's good. I, I like to hear that. So we're we're gonna start off with with the Cowboys. And they lost, which just makes me so happy, because <laughs> I've just I've I've got this bet going where if the Cowboys go go worse than nine and seven, then then I win, and if, the, if they win ten games, then I lose, because I'm just I'm out on the Cowboys. I don't like their defense. I don't think Dak's great. I think he's good. He's good, not great. You know, like he's he's a franchise quarterback, but he's not a superstar. And I've got the the numbers to back that up, and I think they're gonna really surprise you. So America's team, but not Jonathan Smith's team. Not Jonathan Smith's team at all. And it's not like I'm – I take that back. I'm like, I'm like a sleeper Eagles fan. Like, I love Carson Wentz. Their okay. offensive line's bad this year, though, so they're, they're going to be bad. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go first again. Kind of give me your take on Cowboys in Seattle. Coming at Dak. See, I, I, think I come at Dak every week on the show, Dak man. Dak might average 400 yards passing this year. That's fine, but that's not how the Cowboys need to win. You know, like, yes. like I mean, they are one and two. That's why, are, why are you paying Zeke all this money if you're only going to hand him the ball 14 times like they did on Sunday? It's a compelling question. That's a that's a good question. Dak's my fantasy guy, so I'm I'm a little okay. I'm a little defensive when you come at him like that. <laughs> no, I the big takeaway for me is is Russell Wilson the most underrated player in the NFL? He's going to win the MVP. Like I was week one, I was like Aaron Rodgers MVP. Like he's coming for it, and then. I watch Russ Cook, and it's like, no, it's going to be Russell I, Wilson. I got a stat for you. Russell Wilson does not have one single MVP vote Which in his is entire insane. career. It's absurd. Entire career, not one. Yeah, and he's. I, I feel I still like Mahomes more than Wilson. Mahomes I don't know though. I mean, so Mahomes, 
we're saying it right now. I am, at least. Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever. He's most gonna, talented. No, he's going to be at when it's all said and done. Patrick Mahomes will be the greatest quarterback. Ever I agree. I agree. It's uh, I'll concur that it's it's early to anoint him. Yes, it's year three of being a starter. Yeah, year four in the league. But and Russell Wilson, most I, I got I got some stats for you. He throws the best deep ball I've ever seen. Russell Wilson, all time. Uh, passer rating, and we can argue about the validity of passer rating, but I like passer all, rating. It's one all-time of my career stats. passer rating leader, Aaron Rodgers. Second by decimal points is Russell Wilson. Yep. People forget Russell Wilson, NFL record for most touchdown passes for, through the first three games, and should have had another one. He's if, got if DK didn't didn't slow up. He's thrown thirteen touchdowns and only had eighteen incompletions, which he's, is insane. He's Going bananas, and here's here's a here's a great great stat. I was I told you I did I did my research. You did. I, was, I, was, I, I, I came prepared. Uh, Russell is the modern era touchdown percentage leader. So the only quarterback after 1970 to have a touchdown percentage, which is percentage of passes that go for mm-hmm. touchdown, yeah, over 6.1, which is that's that's impressive. Well, he throws such a good deep ball that he he amazes me, and I was I was listening to a show the other day and he was the guy on it was talking about how he's the only quarterback he's ever seen who can like take his eyes off of his receivers, look at the rush, maneuver, look back up at his receivers and throw good balls to guys who were 40 yards downfield. He has it, and we talk about I mean, we talk about Rodgers arm, we talk about Mahomes arm and I still think those are two probably the best arm talents the league's ever yes, seen. Yes, totally agree. Russell Wilson low-key belongs in that conversation. He does, man. He's so good. He's so athletic, and he just doesn't get hit either, which is, you know, he's I wouldn't call him a scrambling quarterback, but he's a guy who can move, and mm-hmm. when he runs, he just doesn't get hit. It's really and when him. When he runs, he gets first downs. He does. He's so good. He's just – I hate how boring he is. Well, I hate how boring he appears to be because there's no way that he's that boring. No, so, so I lived in Seattle for – a couple years, and this is where I, I bring up the underrated because there's some serious rush worship out there. Like they they love Russ. They should. And but I thought just everybody did. I thought that oh, I around him. the country, like he was just recognized as. But really, he's not. He, well, he should be. He's the second best quarterback in the NFL. And I don't. I think there's a pretty sizable gap between him. Actually, I take that back. I think there's a sizable gap between three and four. So I like Aaron Rodgers more than Lamar Jackson, just because. He he just throws the ball better, and that's not a shot at Lamar Jackson. That's well, just the truth. I I agree. We'll we'll get into that yeah. more in a sec. Most people don't agree with me on that, though. No, it, I it agree. upsets people when I say that. And I think there's a pretty sizable gap between Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, honestly, just because of the ability just to throw the football. So yeah, like, I, I'm with you. Like I love Russ. He's he's incredible. I I yeah top top three quarterback in the game, and that's not and not even close to a, a knock on him. I think that just speaks volumes about Mahomes. just how good my Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. And we're going to get to see that tonight. So I've got my, my Dak slander ready, if you're ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. So here, the Cowboys, they're key to winning. If you look at you know, the years that, that, that they've made the playoffs, they, they run the football, right? Like, like you're paying this offensive line all this money. You're paying Zeke all this money to, to run the football. And you're playing against... Maybe the worst defensive line in football in Seattle, and you only hand the ball off 14 times. I just I don't understand that, right? And you know, people you know they want to see Dak throw the ball, and they're like, Dak's great, and like Dak is good. I don't think he's great. So here are some numbers for you. So take a guess at the Cowboys' record 
when they throw the ball 40 or more times with Dak? It's not going to be good. They're 4 and 9. 4 and 9. Which wow. which like that's that's only like 13 games. Doesn't happen very often. So I was looking and about the average pass attempts in today's NFL is about 35. So I I, I lowered the number. I was like, what's the Cowboys record when they throw the ball 35 times or more? 10 and 16. Like and and I understand at the same time like when you're trailing in games, you know, throwing the ball more and things like that. But like if you look at the record, I should have done this. If you look at the record when he throws the ball 25 times or less, I can't give you a number, but it looks better. Like, win. Because you're handing the ball off to Zeke, who's, like, you're paying him all this money, it feels like, for no reason, if you're only going to give him the ball 15 times. And I think Zeke probably is the best player on that offense. And that's not a knock at Dak. That's just how good Zeke is. Right? So they, they got to get the ball in his hands more if they want to win games. I don't disagree. I mean, Zeke Elliott, you're giving him as much money as you are. Feed the man. Um the the flip side, it's, you have Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. I mean, that's got to be top three receiving core in the league. And they're still not winning when they throw the ball a bunch. You know, yeah. like, and I, I understand, and you want, you want to get the ball, ball to those guys in space. But at the same time, like, this isn't the formula for them to win. Like, mm-hmm. Dak threw the ball 57 times on Sunday, right? And it's, I just, so he was 37 for 57, 472 yards, which is, Great. Three touchdowns, two picks, and then he, he had that weird fumble interception thing. Yeah. Uh, and, so I mean. I think I'm not I'm not ready to, like I said, I'm defensive of Dak. He's, he's my fantasy guy. Well, gotta, he's going to put up fantasy numbers because he gotta, threw for 470 yards. I got to come to his, his defense. I think before I'm ready to just say Cowboys just got to hand it off, I mean, you got to look at who their losses were to this year. Rams, going to be a playoff team. Yeah. Seahawks. Potentially the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, I don't like their defense enough. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to, to I know just you anoint them. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're in the conversation. Definitely. So, but I mean, the the one that that stands out to me is probably the Falcons game. Really they shouldn't famous. have won that game. Well, they shouldn't have won that. Game. They should be 0 three. Yeah, they should be. And, and they, the Falcons aren't that good. They're not. Well, their offense is. Their defense is. Their defense not good. Is. It's horrendous, which I'm um, okay with. <laughs> not not a not a Falcon fan here. Yeah. So I just I don't I, know. I don't disagree. Zeke, you you pay the man that much. He's as talented as he is. Beat him. Give yeah. Him the ball. I, I, they gave him 14 carries against the worst defensive line in the league. That's a great point. 14. I didn't realize it was that that, that low. low. I mean, it, it, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, you watch the Saints, you, you don't have to hand the ball off to a guy to get him touches. I mean, Agreed. Alvin, I mean, Alvin he, he had gets six, six receptions, I believe. So 20 total touches, I think he needs to be more around 30, whether yeah. it's whether it's handed off 20 times, throw it to him 10 or whatever. But, like, when he's that good, especially I think that, you know, this movement that we're seeing in the NFL is, like, it's all about getting your best guys in space. Best guys and in so space. Best guys get the ball. Throwing the ball, obviously, like we saw with the Saints last night. They throw it to Kamara out of the backfield, and he's the best athlete on the field. Right, so and then he's able to do things off of that, right? So mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like you don't have to hand the ball off, but you just got to find ways to to give him the ball and giving Zeke the ball only twenty times just isn't enough. I agree. I agree with that a hundred times over. So yeah, and then last point for me on the Seattle game is um, Russ only threw the ball forty times, and I think any time the Seahawks throw the ball less than their opponent, they're messing up. <laughs> Let Russ cook, man. Let Russ cook. So, yeah, uh, Seattle, I know you need Carroll, to throw the ball more. I know Pete Carroll just wants to turn around and hand it off, but <laughs> nah. No Air way. That thing. I said, and we were talking about the Cowboys receiving core. 
Not too DK many people. Metcalf, DK Metcalf, man. DK Metcalf. Who's going to guard him? I don't know. And he didn't even have the best day. Tyler Lockett, three touchdowns over 100 yards receiving. Well, if you know, if he doesn't slow up there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Which Tr- Trayvon Diggs, hat off to him because that's most guys in the NFL don't make that play. They no, just kind of, no. oh, I got beat, and they kind of pull it up. But I really respect that. Guys who do that, I love guys like that. So, yeah. So let's let's get over here to your to your Saints. Oh, so like I, said, I love not a great football week for me. Yeah, well, I, I love I love Drew Brees. Like he's one of my favorite players to ever watch. But he he takes a backseat to Aaron Rodgers. I've loved Aaron Rodgers ever since he started playing, mainly because he was my fantasy quarterback in 2011 when he won the MVP and was dropping 50 points a week. <laughs> so enough. he's uh he's probably he's he may be my favorite player ever. So are you ready for this? I'm ready. I you 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 told me what you were gonna say, so I'm just gonna pass it over to you. Last night, that's that was the matchup of the two greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game. I love it. Tell, t- tell us why. So, I mean, if we just want to go pure stats. So everybody with Tom Brady, get get ready for a lecture here. Everybody with Tom Brady says, well, how many Super Bowl? Six out of yeah. nine. He, the the three-time Super Bowl loser. That's who we're talking about. Yeah, three-time Super Bowl loser. And and we want to give him credit for the time that he won 13-3 to over a completely overmatched Rams team. Which, and by not the way, even overmatched, just... Outcoached. By the way, if New Orleans doesn't get Jonesed, Drew Brees now yes. has two Super Bowls, one of which is a dominating victory totally, over Tom Brady. Totally agree. But neither here nor there. So we, we want to give Tom Brady credit for all these. In the, the ultimate team game, mind you, we want to give the quarterback, who's one out of 22 players, credit for all <laughs> of the wins. So let's just go stats. We'll, we'll just say stats. Who, who has the most passing yards all time? Is Drew it Tom Brees. Brady? No, no it's, it's, it's Drew Brees. It's Drew Brees. How about touchdowns? Is it Tom Brady? It's, it's Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Hmm. What about completion percentage? Is it Tom Brady? I, I, I think that's Drew Brees. I'm, I'm not sure, I'm though. pretty sure it's Drew Brees. So, you just want to talk stats. It's, it's, uh, it's Drew Brees. And now you say, well, interceptions. Yes, Drew Brees has thrown more. He has a 5.8, or not 5 point, sorry, 2.4 uh, per, uh, interception percentage. We were talking about touchdown percentage mm-hmm. earlier. That's, yeah. that's more than Tom Brady's 1.8, I will grant you. But when you're talking about a guy like Drew Brees playing for the Chargers and those early Saints teams with those brutal offensive lines the and New Orleans, brutal defenses. New Orleans Aints. Exactly. Brutal defenses, airing it out as much as he had to. So I, I'm willing to forgive him. I'm also a Saints fan, so I'm a little biased. No, that's fair. So now we say, well, Logan, you said both quarterbacks were better than Tom Brady. So what do you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was the best arm talent the NFL had ever seen, ever seen. before Mahomes. Until Patrick and Mahomes. I, I think people forget how good he was in those early 2000s, well, or like or early 2010s. I forget how good he's been recently. So we talked, we said earlier, touchdown percentage, Russell Wilson's the best. Guess mm-hmm. who was point one? and the reason I picked that that point one number is because point one behind him was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so, Tom Brady, nowhere to be found on that list. Way down. Guess, yeah. who's, guess who has a 1.4... Interception percentage number. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't throw picks. Doesn't throw a pick. Does not turn the ball over. You know what that equates to? Who is the all-time leader in passer rating? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. One hundred two point seven. And I'll I'll, pu- I'll pull it up right here just so I don't get the numbers wrong. I got it. I, I love you, this. I this is awesome. One hundred two point seven. Aaron Rodgers. Russ Wilson was one hundred two point three. Who was number three all-time? We just we just said Peyton Manning. No, no. Drew Brees. Oh, okay. Drew Brees at ninety-eight point five. <laughs> You got to go down to Tom Brady, who, and everybody always talks. Well, you mean Tom Brady's not a good quarterback? No. 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 So here's here's my thing it's on a Tom Hall Brady because I'm I'm with you. Like I don't think he's the greatest quarterback ever, but 
especially like his early Super Bowls, it's not him. It's Bill Belichick's Absolutely. fantastic defense. And Adam Vinatieri pulling his fat out of the fire. Yeah, exactly. And also the refs. Let's not forget the tuck rule in, in snowy, yeah. snowy Foxborough. Yes. And so I just, I'm with you 100%. And I just, I, you know, my, my uncle, huge Patriots fan. Like, don't know why he's from Arkansas, but loves Boston. So like Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox <laughs> kind of guy. And he just beats me up with all this, you know, Tom Brady praise. And I'm just like, man, like, like you said, and I, I, I will say, I think coaching in the NFL has more of an impact than in any other sport. Agreed. And playing for a guy like Sean Payton helps Drew Brees in some of these, you know, completion percentage aspects of just pushing the ball downfield more. Whereas Tom Brady, outside of like Randy Moss and Gronk. Oh, don't. You ready for this? Yes. So You have a counter for this. I absolutely yes. do. So Randy Moss, potentially the greatest wide receiver ever. So Tom, yeah. Tom Brady's best statistical year ever. Throws for 50 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Half of them go to Randy Moss. Half. Yeah. Randy Moss is unbelievable, unguardable. Yeah. So, don't, we can't forget about him. Guess who the best tight end ever was? Oh, yeah, that would be Rob Gronkowski, who has played every single snap of his career as a member of the same team as Tom Brady. That's fair, yeah. So, and then we can't forget, people want to talk about this Wes Welker slander, five-time Pro Bowler Wes Welker, three-time... Wes Welker could play. Wes Welker, who has received MVP votes as a receiver... Is he really? I'm pretty sure he did in That's Miami. That's insane. Yeah. Also, three-time leader of the league in receptions, Wes Welker, all with New England. Yeah, so Wes Welker could play. Julian Edelman, who every single Patriots fan I've ever spoken to tries to tell me Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. I love Julian Edelman. So if Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer, it's not like Tom Brady's been out here throwing to dorks. Yeah, like, I agree. These guys can play. Troy Brown wasn't bad. Got a Super Bowl MVP to his name. Yeah. So... I love it. This no, is great. Nobody out here can tell me that Tom Brady's been throwing to to just awful wide receivers. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Yeah. But so so to that to that point, I, I saw this stat last night. I wasn't even prepared for this when I saw this stat last night. How many uh touchdowns to first round draft picks do you think Aaron Rodgers has in his career? Two. I saw Two. this. Which Mercedes is insane. to the same guy, Mercedes Lewis, who was drafted in the first round over ten years before Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown pass to him. Yeah, which is is it's incredible, unbelievable. He's, yeah, he's so good. I was astounded. Okay, but at the same time, like Greg Jennings was really good. Jordy Nelson was Jordy Nelson was Here, so good. Here's my thing, and this is so we we just talked about all those players that Tom Brady's thrown to who have had good career. Like Julian Edelman's having a great season right now with Cam at QB. Wes Welker was a phenomenal player in Miami before he was, and then he went on to Denver with Peyton Manning. It was really good. Peyton Manning that couldn't throw the ball anymore. Yeah, it was really good. I agree. You know, we ha- we haven't seen Gronk without Brady, but I mean, we've seen what what did Jordy Nelson do when he went to Oakland? He got cut. Yes, he did. Yeah. What did Greg Jennings do when he wasn't a Patriot or not a Patriot? Sorry, but a Packer. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. You're I mean, right. I'm not saying that these guys are terrible football yeah. players. Oh, yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in the NFL. They just they, they play, dropped off when they left Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers made all these guys better. Yeah. And that's just – and Devontae Adams, I mean, we saw last night. He's throwing you know, Alan Lazard, undrafted free agent, and he's making <laughs> him look like a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, I like Lazard. Oh, he's but really yeah. good. Yeah, uh, I'm Iowa with State, you, though. He was really, really good. And, uh, I mean, that's, that is not meant to be a knock yeah. on those guys' level of ability. It's just that's how good Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah, I totally and then, agree. Keeping with the same idea, who has Drew Brees had to throw to before Michael. before Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara the last couple of years? Let me think. His best wide receiver was Marcus Colston. 
Yes, I forgot about him. Which, oh as a gosh. Saints fan, I will not hear any Marcus Colston slander. You shouldn't. But who else knows who Marcus Colston is? Guys like me who right. love sports. <laughs> he had Antonio Gates for his first two years. Antonio Gates' first two years in G- San Diego. Jimmy Graham was good. Jimmy Graham was excellent. But what has Jimmy Graham done since He then? got old. But, yeah, I agree. I know what you're saying. I, so – Everybody wants to talk about, oh, Tom Brady, never thrown to a good wide receiver. When we're, I mean, we're talking about this conversation, he's had the best wide receiving core out of the three of them. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to disagree with that. Man, this is, I love this segment. <laughs> this is awesome. You've made my day. <laughs> so, tonight, so excited for it. Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs, Monday Night Football, primetime, Oh, I'm, I can't wait because it's just such it's such a clash of two completely different styles of football. I think I like Baltimore. I think Baltimore is the best team in the NFL just because yeah. of how, how complete they are on both sides of the ball. But at the same time, it's like the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> you know, and a fantastic offense as a whole. And so I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to see how Baltimore's defense holds up against the Chiefs offense. I'm ready to watch Lamar Jackson play. I'm just tonight's gonna be great. Sleeper matchup for you. Okay. I, I guarantee you no other show in the country's got, got this matchup. Okay. This is a matchup of the two all time field goal percentage leaders. Justin Tucker <laughs> and Harrison Bucker. Yes. Justin Tucker, who's my favorite football player ever. I love Justin. He's so weird. He was in the choir at Texas. Oh, have you seen the man sing? Uh-uh. It is phenomenal. I highly suggest it to okay. all, to all, <laughs> all listeners. Right. I can do that. Uh, Justin Tucker, best kicker ever. I will oh, hear, yeah. I will totally hear agree. no other arguments on this. He's been my fantasy kicker every year I've had a fantasy football team. What about um, Gotzkowski? Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. So, I'm being sarcastic. Well, I mean, I got the numbers for you. All-time, field, you goal, all-time field goal percentage leader, Justin Tucker, at 91%, which is absurd. That is that's especially playing in Baltimore where Absurd. it snows when everything. Also, here not only is he ninety-one percent, but he also let me find it here. Oh, shoot, I thought I had it. Pulled You're up. good. No, but his field goal attempts are through the roof. Through the roof for and he hasn't played nearly as long yeah. as Goskowski. Yeah, Goskowski's been in the league forever. He has. So has been a t- Adventary's. Is he still kicking? I thought he retired. I think he retired. I hope. He I retired. hope he did. He's I old hope man. man. He's sake, old. He retired. I, his hip was going to give out. <laughs> but no, nah, Justin Tucker, best kicker ever. But yeah, Tucker versus Bucker. A lot of people. That's forget. awesome. I love man. But I'm so excited for this game. I, You're gonna have to come back on. This has been great. I, I hope so. I, I'll come on as much as you'll have me. No, it, I. You made a great point. Is this is this the most anticipated Monday Night Football game ever? Yes, I may be the only one in recent memory that I can even think of. And I think it's one of those things where the game was just so great that we talk about it like it was highly anticipated was the Chiefs and the Rams. In in uh, Mexico? Mexico yes, City? when they yeah. each put up like 50, which but was that game really looked forward to right? or was it just a great game? Right, I think because that was before we really knew the Rams were good. That was yeah. really before we knew the Chiefs were good. Yeah. I mean, that that was a great football game. It was a great football I, game. People forget about that game. And also that that year, the Rams and the Saints had a great game. They did. The, yes. That was that was one of my favorite years to watch football. That oh, was it awesome. was just a great year. It quickly became my least favorite year ever. When <laughs> Yeah. When the Rams and the, the Saints The Saints just have it rough, man. 
in, in the playoffs. You got the, the missed call against the Rams. You've got the Minnesota Miracle. The Minnesota. I was about to say that Kirk. one. That, that was Case Keenum, who was somehow worse than Kirk Cousins. But <laughs> yeah, not yeah. a Kirk Cousins guy, huh? No, <laughs> he did. He did hit my boy Justin Jefferson for seven catches for almost two hundred yards. Dude, Justin yesterday. Jefferson looked great yesterday. Justin Jefferson can play football. Oh, he's, he's good. Really, really good football player. He was like he was the leading rookie receiver yesterday. He had like 175 yards, mm-hmm. and the next closest guy had like 86. Yeah, he can he can play. He can play. He is really, really good. Yeah, I um, I got a buddy. His name's K. Rich. Huge Eagles fan, and mm-hmm. the Eagles are on the clock. And I'm like, Justin Jefferson's the pick here. Like, I don't really think there's a question. They end up taking you know Nelson Ag- Aguilar. No, that's not right. Some some guy out of TCU who's who's a mm-hmm. good receiver, but not Justin Jefferson. And I remember I texted him. I was like, "What do you think?" He goes, "Man, I'm I'm pissed." <laughs> yeah, no, Justin Jefferson. I, the only knock that I he just doesn't have like true breakaway speed. But a lot a lot but of guys in the NFL don't. I like. was gonna say. I mean, if, if you can put him on a roster with a receiver that does. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a first down every time. You know, CD Lamb ran like a four six. You know, like mm-hmm. these bigger receivers don't have to have breakaway speed. No, Whereas you know, true. if you're Jefferson's six two, it might be six three. Yeah, he's you know he's definitely. It's not like he's going to be lining up in the slot, but even if he does, he's got the speed but to get away from a linebacker. People sleep on the fact that at LSU, one of the things that made that whole wide receiver and core so compelling, I mean, people, Terrace Marshall Jr. is going to be really good, Jamar Chase, obviously. He's uh, He was so but good. But all three of those guys can play anywhere on the field. And that, yeah. was, that was Joe Brady's big thing. He said, in the NFL, you have to be able to be – able to move around yeah and so that's what he taught them on all three of them able to play the x the z yeah. so it's I, he, justin jefferson can go anywhere on the football field he, he got his first one yesterday field. joe brady did yeah he yeah. did played against did. playing against the chargers yeah i like justin herbert this is really off topic but i think herbert's really good honestly i think herbert has a chance to be the best quarterback from this draft i do too you're not a two a guy i'm so not a two three guy. minutes before we go, before we move to the MLB, tell me why. Why are you not a Tua guy? Because I, as, as a Miami Dolphin fan, I, I need you to be a Tua guy. So I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't come as prepared with stats. So this is which is a little, okay. A little more conjecture. Okay. Uh, a little more anecdotes. But looking at Tua's, so everybody talks about completion percentage. It's very accurate. But not against the big time teams. Look at what he did against LSU both years that he's played LSU. Yeah. Not that fair. great. Not that great. Look at what he did against Georgia. Not that great. Look what he's done in SEC championship games. Not, I'm not saying he's bad. Yeah, yeah. And then we talk about, I mean, he's already undersized. Had his hip replaced. Yeah. That is nothing to scoff at. Like, that is a big deal. Yeah. Both ankles have been surgically repaired. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I, I, all of them were fluke injuries, right? It, it, yeah. It's tough to say, like, oh, he's not durable and he's going to get hurt again. But, I mean, that, those are significant injuries to yeah, just totally forget. Agree. And, I mean, the arm strength is not It's not elite. great. Yeah, I agree. And in the NFL, like, I mean, look at what you can do with a guy that can throw the football. Look at Buffalo, like Josh Allen. Josh, dude, Josh Allen's been so good this he can year. He make every throw on the football field. Yes, he can. And, totally agree. I mean, we, we talked, not, not, I mean, yes, to bag on Tom Brady a little bit more because I'll <laughs> never miss an opportunity to bag on Tom Brady. But, I mean, look what happened last year in New England. The arm yeah. suffers. Look at what's happening right now in New Orleans. The arm suffers. and I'm glad you admitted that. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I, a great great point by Chris Collinsworth last night, though. Like, there's no reason to push the ball down the field when you can give it to Alvin Kamara five yards from yeah, the scrimmage. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Give, give 
give my man the ball and let him go to work. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, best best running back in football, unquestionably. Yeah, unquestionably. I, I agree with that. Carrying carry my my fantasy team right now. <laughs> That's good. So we've got about five minutes left. MLB playoffs start tomorrow. I hate that they're calling the first round the wild card round. It really kind of upsets me because it's not a wild card. It's just the it's, first round. Yeah, it's so it's every, everybody and their mothers in the playoffs this year. Best, yeah, they they expanded the the playoffs to sixteen teams and still couldn't get <laughs> Mike Trout in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, that's such a great point. So, Poor Anthony Rendon. I know, right? As a as a Nationals fan, oh, I, I was happy he went and got paid. Yeah, but I know you miss but, him. He's so oh, good. He's so good. He was so much fun to watch. Um, I'm, I'm sad he couldn't get in the playoffs. Second best third baseman in baseball. <laughs> I know. This is a, we, we've, we've had this discussion. Ooh. I know Offensive, you love him. Offensively, he's clear-cut the first best third baseman in baseball. I'll, I'll listen to the Arenado. defensive argument. I love Arenado. He's, Arenado's one of my favorite players. That's why, that's why I say he's that. He's good. No, don't get me wrong. He's good. But the offensive stats are not as good as Rendon. And also... Chapman can play defense over Chapman's there. Chapman's so good. I yeah. love Chapman. The fact that he and Arenado played at the same high school yes, is just on the same bizarre. Team. Bizarre. That is so bananas. I so that, that's a stat that never fails to yeah. So to make me there's laugh. like certain things that announcers always mention, like whenever they do a game, like when you watch the Lions <laughs> play the Dodgers, they're like, "Did you know that Matt Stafford played <laughs> yeah. with Clayton Kershaw in high school?" Yeah, and every time you watch an A's or Rockies game, it always comes yeah. up. No, that's and I'll I'll be honest. I've every time I hear it, even though like you said, it's every game. I bet if you're an A's fan or a Rockies fan, it's you're over it. But every time I'm hearing it, I'm like, wow. I know. Did you know that Anthony Davis grew seven inches his senior year of high school? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it just I, I I love those that that the announcers just always lean on. That's that's such a great point about that Arenado and Chapman. Yeah. Because you're right, I, I feel like I hear that every every, single every time. time. So give me your uh, your first round upsets quickly. We got about four and a half minutes so, left. So we talked about it. I think we both are going to agree. So quick quick shout out to to my cousin out at uh, Monmouth University in Monmouth, Illinois. Go Scots! Uh, big White Sox fan. I, I think the White Sox are going to take down the A's. I do too. Um, that offense is just really really good. Yeah, the, the pitching's solid too. Giolito's nothing to scoff at. Yeah, he can play. Keuchel's usually pretty good in the playoffs as well. Keuchel was in when that shortened season. He made he played he made he a little really mini well. run at the side. Yeah, he did. So I, I like I like them. I like the Reds over the Braves just because yes. just because of how good the starting pitching agreed, is. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, shoot, I should have had it pulled up, but there was a there was a stat that I saw about the Reds pitching staff. They're like first and second in several like really significant pitching categories. The this bullpen. Season. The bullpen's just terrible. That's the problem with the Reds. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like the Cubs are in a similar boat. Starting pitching's been really good, but they've got you know two guys in the bullpen who've been really good. And you know, you know, your starter goes seven. You know, you can pull out those last two guys in those last two innings, and you know, you're, you're usually okay. Yeah, and then you also look at um, there's not going to be any of those seven inning games. This, there's uh, not this postseason. There's not people forget they do they have to play the full nine. So, who, give me your uh, your World Series prediction. Who do you have playing who? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really boring. I think the Yankees. Yeah, come out of the American now that Same. they're healthy. I, yep. They're not the five seed. They're not. They, they're, they're they're the best team in the AL. Yeah, and you know I think it'd be great if they played the Astros and the Astros beat them. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, I could see where the the amusement factor of that. I I just think the Yankees are they're too talented and being healthy now. It's just, it's just going to be really hard, I think, to beat them yep. in a series of games. 
And then the the NL side, like I said, uh, it's gonna be boring. I think the Dodgers. Dodgers yeah. They're just, just yeah. They're, they're just so too good. good. They're and then too good. I've I've got the Dodgers winning it. I just I, it's time. I think for them, mm-hmm. it's just it's, they, they're they're due. You know, the pitching staff's really good. The bullpen's really good. Obviously, you know they can swing it. It would also be a very Dodgers thing to finally get a World Series in the shortened year and have everybody discount it. It would be. I don't think so. they will though. Yeah. To, to I, quote to quote Justin Tucker, as long as you're not banging trash cans, I, I think it counts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's awesome. I didn't hear that quote. That's awesome. No, I think I, I just think the Dodgers are too good. They're I, so good, man. Top One, to bottom, pitching, hitting, defensively, they really play. Mookie, I love Mookie Betts. Oh, Mookie Betts might win an MVP. He might. In, in in the AL and in the NL. Yeah. How many guys have done that? Probably not too many. many. Not many. I but. I would venture less than less than five. Yeah, I guarantee less than five. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I don't know. There's there's a list out there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. So, I think that's gonna do it. So thank you guys for listening. This has been Overtime Takes. If you want to hear more from me, I do have a podcast called Overtime Takes. You can find it on Spotify and iTunes. Follow, or if you want to, you can follow <laughs> Logan Moose on Instagram. What's your what's your Instagram handle uh, and Twitter? Oh, so Twitter is at Moose No Antlers. Instagram is also at Moose No Antlers, and there's an underscore either before or after that. I'm not sure. Okay. I, I probably should have came prepared <laughs> to get you guys to, on the follow train. But it's all good. Just just Google me. See if you can find me. Maybe yeah, there's you, a funny picture you out probably there. probably can. I'm sure there is. Yeah. So, once again, thank you guys for listening. This has been Overtime Takes on KSWH LP 102.5 FM The Pulse here in Arkadelphia. You guys have a nice couple days. I'll be back on Wednesday.